0: You're listening to the Pain of Goddess podcast with Jennifer Harishu, episode number twenty-five. Well, hello, witches! Uh, You guys, I am um, my energy today. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It is Tuesday today, the tenth of September and I am just lit up today I've had quite a morning quite a yesterday quite a day before that quite a week before that the last days of summer have just been full of uh, wonderful blessings and beauty and movement and harvesting it's just like that last harvest you know Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned on the podcast but as a witch, you know, I, I recognized, observe, celebrate the Wheel of the Year, which is a calendar of um, days that the earth kind of dictates based on seasonal changes, you know. And it includes um, lunasa, which is uh, the one word in witchcraft that it's like, what? What? You have to ask Google how to say it. It's like lugnaskada, bleh 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 um and it's august 2nd and it initiates a time of last harvest. So august is really about that last harvest time and uh at that time there was um a new moon just before that. There's just this sense that or right after that rather. The sense that it's like the last time of the summer when we get to kind of uh Benefit from what we've been growing all summer, and that the solar energy has been supporting. Of course, I'm talking about all of us here in the northern hemisphere. I spoke to my friend who lives in Australia, actually, and he's just like, "We're having this weird." Now I can't even. It's like because they're going into spring. You know, they've been in winter, (laughs) and he's like, "It's hot here." You know, it's hot in Australia and uh which is why all the bugs and reptiles don't die um i would assume anyway so uh i always kind of have that mentality but i really just talk about where i'm at and what i'm living and so um for any of you out there listening uh yeah i'm very north northern hemisphere centric and that is just my reality But anyways, uh, so this last month has just been full of everything. I turned 41 on the 31st of August, and I took my daughter out to Boise, Idaho. Well, star Idaho, actually, and uh, out to the out to the country. Basically, my friend of 30 years, we met each other when we were like 10 or 11 or something crazy like that nine and we um I went out there she just built a house in the backyard which is a large yard it's acreage um uh, next to her parents it's a beautiful home she has three little girls around my daughter's age so they played they ran barefoot they had mud time they had a water slide they jumped on the trampoline we you know we went and saw Shakespeare in this beautiful park in Boise we um had a tailgate party for, for my birthday party, like that's what was happening, which is hilarious, especially if you know me, because I couldn't care less about sports. Some people think that's my like worst quality, I'm sure, but I likely um, have, if you know me personally, I've made jokes about how much I don't care about sports, and I mean, it's whatever, that's not what this podcast is about, so I'll just full stop there, and I am feeling like the last bits of summer were just really sent, sent spent, excuse me, in this really sweet space of enjoying life. And I skipped a couple podcast weeks, I think, or maybe just one. And, you know, all summer I haven't been doing I usually have done since the inception of a Facebook group called The Ritual Collective. I had been doing Wednesday night lives where I pull cards and talk about the universe or talk about where the moon's at or talk about the astrology that's kind of up for for all of us that day and then pull some cards for people live and whoever's on commenting and whatnot. And um, I have not done that all summer because, you know, everything shifted schedule-wise. So I'm going to reinstate that. I'm not sure I'll do it at the same time. I think I might actually do it Wednesdays. A little earlier I was doing them at 9 p.m. I think that I will probably do them at 7 30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesdays and starting probably next week so if you're listening to this anyways Wednesday the 11th I will not be doing it but starting the following um, Wednesday so anyways if you're not in that group and you want to go to it uh, you can go to my Instagram at painted goddess On Instagram and you can go to my link tree in the bio and you can find the ritual collective group link take you to Facebook if you're still on that Um, I'm told by my 15 year olds almost 15 year old son dinosaur of a social media platform but uh, you know I know us 41 year olds ish are really enjoying it there Um, and so if you want to be part of that group you can go there and you can join I ask you a couple of questions just to make sure you're in for the work and I'll welcome you into that space, that's where I usually do my lives. Occasionally, I'll pop on Instagram and and go live there, Um, but it's not as common, and so, yeah, if you're interested how I do my work or want to have a free reading, you know, I do one or two card readings pretty regularly um, or had before the summer. I'm going to start doing that again. So, yeah, just all the things. The other amazing thing that happened today, uh, Tuesday, is that my Wonderful, beautiful friends over at the Pull It Together pod um, interviewed me. They asked me to do an interview. This was months ago. And in fact, they mentioned this at the end of the podcast, which so I feel very fine to share it is that we interviewed um, or I interviewed with them. I want to say it was February, maybe March, the first time. And I was just fresh off the corporate America boat, having gone full time with my own Um, gig that I had had as a side gig this painted goddess situation that I've created um, for my livelihood and I had been doing it as a side gig for about two years holding circle um, and a little legitly I'd hold held circle for a little longer than that anyways started this business started you know and then and then at this winter solstice of 2018 left my corporate job and started doing this full time at the beginning of the year. And so, and then they had begun this podcast, and I was going to be their first interviewee. And the sound quality was shite, I guess. And so we had to do it again. Now, what was beautiful about that is that we interviewed then in July for this podcast that launched today, um, Tuesday, the Tenth so, if you go to their pull it together pod it's at pull it together pulling it together, pull it oh my show notes gonna have to put that in the show notes I'll put a link to the uh, pull it together podcast in the show notes and in their Instagram. you can find all the links, all the things their their animals their quirkiness their beautiful um life sparks and um I've been listening to their podcast because they're uh started by um who was my friend Dustin and then um, his friend who I met and now I feel like we're friends I'm so excited to be connected to these beautiful people and it was just a great conversation they're so easy to talk to and I had been up all night a little bit in my mind having like anxiety around what blithering things came out of my mouth but it, I think they put it together pretty well <laughs> um Yeah, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I tend to ramble. I'm a very Gemini-ish communicator, so I speak quickly. And although I have been really working on making sure I close the loop on any conversations I begin to have and then um, tangent off of, really working on my skills of pulling it back around so that it's definitely helpful, useful, not leaving a bunch of mid sentence drop-offs and leaving everyone on the shore like what did she just say talk about what was she trying to do. So anyways, there's definitely um a lot of goodness there. We just talk about um the pregnant pause of the new moon time and how special it is. We talk about what astrology in my um work is used for especially but um and then, you know, I kind of wax poetic a little bit on um how we can actually you know grow as people which is totally my jam um to use all these tools for good and to really be the change that we all want to see you know be the light be the be the bridge be the connecting piece be the one who stands in that place um i'm reminded of a rumi uh quote um wherever you stand be the soul of that place right take up space and i want to always encourage people to do that and when they're especially feeling like maybe they can't uh, take the next step or that they'd rather just stay safe not take the risk you know of course we have to take care of ourselves and make sure we're caring for our families and all of this you know and this is our this is our time like how, how well can you align with yourself and step into your own skin and be honest with yourself about what you want, need, desire, and want to build, create, manifest, right? And pull in and call in all the people in the world who are going to support you and love you through all of that, even when it's tough and even when it's not working and even when it's ugly and even when you're angry, right, to really know that you have a a a collective kind of force behind you that includes the universe that includes you know your your child self your elder self and um anyways go and listen to the podcast pull it together podcast it's on apple it's on spotify and uh i believe probably all of the things but i know for sure apple and spotify and yeah go and listen Okay, what else? I wanted to share a few things in general, like housekeeping, business. Um, maybe I'll put that in the outro. But I, I'm i so, look here, here's the other thing, is I'm so grateful for all of you who are listening. My um, estimated audience on the Anchor app that I record this podcast on it says I have 50 listeners now. I'm sure that doesn't sound like a lot to some podcasters, like they're like dealing with, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads and all this other business but the new moon and virgo podcast i think almost got it was like 70 listens which to me is like wow that's pretty amazing and i'm just really grateful for you to be here spend your time listening to me talk about witchcraft and magical tools and um self-inquiry self-improvement i hope that you benefit from it um and I'm so excited. Some of you have even reached out and sent me notes. And I encourage you to do that. If you're listening to this podcast and you've never reached out to a podcaster because you're like thinking they don't care or whatever, um, my inbox isn't that busy of a place where I like can't handle it right now. So, um, <laughs> uh, well, it depends on when you're listening to this. Uh, this is, uh, you know, September of 2019. So, But, uh, you know, send me a note anyway, like I'd love to hear from you. You can get onto my Instagram and and you can send me a message there. Let me know you're listening, where you're from. It's so awesome to hear from people around the country and around the world, even where they're listening to the podcast and getting something from it. It's like, you know, it is what it is. It's um, overwhelming and beautiful. And not just that. I have had two within this week. Talk about the harvest, right? Let's bring it back. To where i started in this little tangent this harvest time of summer where um i'm i'm getting ready to teach the next session of the tarot collective it's an eight-week online course to learn to read for yourself and others as a spiritual practice and as a coaching tool and to really you know build your own unique voice as a reader that you know reads the cards intuitively and also understands the structure underlying for basic tarot traditional messages and Uh, I did a session during the summer it was fantastic I had 11 students in Um, I've got three already signed up for the next session and I'm excited hopefully more will come in and even if they don't like I'm just excited for the work I'm adding more um, modules in and yeah there'll be a link in the in the show notes if you want to learn more about that or you can go check out I'm like blabbing about it all the time on Instagram cuz I'm calling everybody in right cuz at the end of this month on the sep- on September 30th the class begins and the doors will close for this um next session. So talk about the harvest time. I I because of this work I was like reading with my cards a lot and I I've, I've been doing a lot of readings um for clients as well and I always have used well within the last four years, have always used the Wild Unknown Tarot by Kim Kranz. It's an incredible deck. I highly recommend it. I think for me, it actually tuned me into something very primal about what these messages from the archetypal language to the symbology of the elements, all of what tarot brings to the table in terms of um, inspiring storytelling and conversations with myself and others as I read for them and read for myself this deck changed my whole um relationship to tarot where i was able to kind of eschew not eschew but to set the book aside and really listen to myself and and it's it's helped me on my journey um and helped me to develop this course because of that teaching you know that inner you know kind of um intuition that has grown from reading this way and um But I wanted to, I've been feeling really called to get in, call in some new decks. So I kind of put that out into the universe at the beginning of spring. And I thought, you know, when we were doing, we're starting this class, I was like, oh, I really want some new decks. But I was feeling like, you know, cheating on a lover kind of thing, right? (laughs) Because I don't really want to put away my wild, wild unknown deck. I just, I really want to see some more perspectives. And I used four decks throughout the videos of the Tarot Collective to kind of show the images and how they correlate the symbols that are pretty universal between these images and how some of the artist's um, renditions of these archetypes differ. And doing that, you know, kind of rekindled a bit of my relationship with the original um, Smith deck and um, originally called the Rider-Waite deck. And um, I recognized how I was ready to kind of pull in anew. I ended up purchasing, pre-ordering the Witches Tarot, which is, which is, which is, um, a beautiful, um, deck made by, uh, Lisa sterile and she's on Instagram as well. I'll link her in the show notes. And, um, now I have to take notes about all the links I'm going to put in the show notes. I feel like I'm in that point. So, and I don't edit this business, so you're going to hear me shuffling around right now, but, um, so, yeah, there's um, this beautiful deck that I pre-ordered. It's going to ship out in um, November, and I got the premium version, which, come, which comes with a cloth and all this stuff. I'm so, so, so excited. And my friend Sarah actually ended up ordering it for me while I was on a cruise ship. <laughs> Because I was like, Sarah, you have to buy this for me while I'm out of town. I'm not going to be in um, data range. And I'm like so sad. So anyway, she uh, made it all happen, which is, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Sarah. Um, And so I'm just remembering now, Lisa Sterl, Pull It Together, and Tarot Collective. So there's this... um, this call that I made to, to kind of bring in some new decks and so that my work can grow from where it's at. Right. And so then I I bought that deck, I pre-ordered it and I was like, okay, great. It's going to come in November. Well, November is still not here, you guys. And I'm just kind of like chomping at the bit and I wanted some new, new, um, cards in my hand. So I went the other day to, and, and by the way, doing the tarot course, um, if you're a fanatic of tarot cards and have collected many of them um you know we share in the tarot collective facebook group different photos of different decks and i think most of us in the class ended up spending some more money on artists renditions of different decks and have boosted up our our collection having uh, gone through that class and i'm no different i could not stand it so i ended up buying spellcaster tarot which the spellcaster tarot does this really interesting thing, and I think this is what it drew me to it, where they switch um, two of the made minor arcana elements um, and suits. And so traditionally, wands is fire, and swords is air. And in the spellcaster tarot, it's swapped. So which goes with traditional, um, which is tools, where the athame, the 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 knife, represents fire not the wand and the wand is air right because you wave it so there's this interesting kind of shift and I just felt called to pull that in and see how that um energy works with my readings and see how I gel with that I'm reading the book right now because I'm such a studious Virgo um I love to research I love to learn more things and I love reading um tarot uh, decks creators um vibe i love hearing about the inspiration and the way they work their magic and the way they see the tarot and the way that they have um, created this deck with that inspiration so i'm halfway through that book super enjoying it she's got a bunch of tips in it about um how to use um, tarot for spell casting actually and i'll i'll put a uh link in the show notes about the spell spellcaster tarot i'm sure if you just google it amazon will come up i did purchase this one actually at um, a really beautiful little local um metaphysical shop um called four sisters holistic um and oh god holistic and wellness they are um, local to renton washington and they're amazing. They have a huge apothecary wall. It's where I get my herbs um, and uh you know the mugwort, the dandelion leaf. they have nettles. They have roasted dandelion root, which is makes a delicious kind of detox tea and um anyways super super fans of them as well so then then I was chatting with one of my students um, Carrie, who was like, yeah. And then I, I have to stop looking at decks because I just got the, uh, dreams of Gaia tarot. I just ordered it. And she, th- she like sent me a few pictures of it. And I was like, oh my God. And I immediately, I was already shopping on Amazon because I'm creating these detox foot baths for, um, I do them for marketing, but I'm also going to start to sell a few things like that. And so I, um, so I was already shopping on Amazon, which, you know, I know Amazon right now is very, um, controversial and I, um, have a, a love hate relationship with it because I would like them to actually buy the Amazon and save it. Um, and I know they have that power, but, um, so I went on Amazon and found the dreams of Gaia Tarot and I bought it and I'm just now <laughs> like opening it because, um, I have not opened it yet I received it last night and I was really busy I had a very busy morning and so yeah so I bought this dreams of Gaia um, after her sending me these pictures and I was just like so pulled to it Um, so and then um, within two days so then yesterday also after I had ordered this I'd ordered it the day before After ordering this, I get a message from one of my dear listeners who says, you know, I have this Osho Tarot deck and it doesn't really resonate with me and I'm curious if you would like it. And I was like, yes, you know, because I'm such in study mode. Like, you know, I've, um, my friend had an Osho Tarot tarot deck. I mentioned it, I think, like maybe the last podcast (laughs) when we were young, when I was just learning to kind of read without the book. Um, in my early twenties, and we were really into it together. We lived together for quite some time, my dear friend Siri, and um, she had this deck, and it's very interesting images. And then, actually, I've had a reading done um, in a metaphysical store in Vancouver, BC. Um, I went out there, and it's actually where I acquired—I can't remember the name of the store, but it's a big deal there. It's one of the bigger metaphysical shops. They have a beautiful uh, public altar there which people can put things on this public altar, which is a huge dream of mine to have this public altar. I love that idea. Um but I bought my deck, um oh, and I just realized that I mixed up. So I ordered the one that's coming in November is the Modern Witches Tarot. Okay, by Lista Steril. Anyway, link will still be the same. But at that metaphysical store in the BC, this was probably three years ago for um or so I was traveling with a coworker worker um, for work my corporate job and we went to this metaphysical shop and I got a reading from a reader there and she used the Osho tarot uh, which I wish I had taken a picture of that reading I don't think that I did At the time I didn't have a smartphone you guys I was still using a Blackberry situation yes um, and I bought a witch's tarot deck which Um, done by Ellen Dugan and um, I don't really resonate with that there was a lot of images in there that I did not uh, really resonate with Um, so I don't use that as a reading deck Um, I I have used it in the Tarot Collective to show the similarities of images it is very similar to many of the traditional images um, in the Tarot anyways so the dreams of Gaia Oh, so the Osho Tarot deck. Thank you. Thank you, Brain. I was like, yeah, I'll definitely, because it will, you know, I want to see these different decks, you know, just like the spellcaster shifts the elemental pieces of traditional tarot. I'm really interested in kind of now studying tarot in a deeper way and how the different artists have really taken these archetypes and shifted them. And Osho Tarot is very different. There's a lot of different archetypes in there and the images and so I'm interested to kind of have that in my hands again and look at that and really study it alongside you know the traditional um system of tarot and just kind of just so that as I build this program out these this tarot collective course and as it continues to grow um I, I I'm you know really seeing some of the different voices coming out and um so then, I bought the dreams of Gaia tarot, and then today, just today, one of my dear friends, the Good Witch on Instagram, she's amazing. She's like me in so many ways, and um, and you know, yet, I mean, I see her as just this magical being. She does yoga. She's a mama. She's a witch. She's a tarot reader. She does comedy, which is fantastic. I love um, up on stage, you know, like legit. And that's at Good Witch. Um, Or maybe it's at The Good Witch. I think it's The Good Witch. And I'll put that in the show notes. So you should go follow her because she's amazing. I highly recommend everything that she kind of puts out. She does some lives um, and is just fantastic. Anyways, I'm just dropping so many names today. But I feel like I've just kind of, I, you know, we're at podcast 25. I'm at podcast 25, you guys. 25 weeks. So that's halfway-ish, right, to 52. Next week will be my halfway. And that's like a year of podcasts. So it's really crazy to me um, that that's where I'm at. So anyway, then the good witch messages me and she says, do you have the mother tarot? And I said, no. And she says, well, I have an extra copy and I would like to send it to you. And I was like, oh my gosh, gifts from the universe just keep coming. And, um, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I, I want to just put a point in this because here's the thing is I have maybe not like, I've worked really hard to accept gifts to accept compliments, to accept um, any kind of congratulatory anything without dismissing it, right, with excuses or coincidences or, oh, well, it's not that great or, oh, whatever. And I know I'm not alone because I hear y'all do it all the time. And um, I know it's, you know, as humans and especially as women, we tend to dismiss our, um, our impact on people. And we don't understand um, why it, it doesn't feel good to accept compliments, but I think it has a lot to do, for me personally, I've noticed it has a lot to do with my feelings of unworthiness, my feelings of shame, and my feelings of, you know, really deeply feeling like I don't belong anywhere. And um, <sighs> let's just take a collective breath on that thought. Because what the podcast actually is about today is reeducation and redefining witchcraft and paganism. Because it's fucking time. It's so time. <sighs> Hello. Okay, I'm back. I had to check a f- few things and I added a sponsored segment, you guys. Let me know. I use Anchor to record this podcast and they offer monetization and I'm a business lady so I hope that you enjoyed the little <laughs> sponsored break as I get more listeners and more readers or readers ah! as I get more listeners one of the things that um I hope to do is you know get a little bit of uh, compensation for the work I do here on this podcast. If you benefit from it at all, I'd really uh, appreciate a share or a subscribe or a review. Anyways, back to the program. So here's the deal. Re-education about paganism. Re-education about witchcraft, right? Re-education about the words magic. Quickly, though. Another tangent. Um, I was incorrect about my friend Good Witch. It's Goodwitch Mama. I knew I was missing an element. Good Witch Mama on Instagram. She's the one who's sending me um the mother tarot. Anyway, so thank you so much, Kristen, for that. Okay, so let's get on to this 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 I think really juicy topic because I posted on my stories about a week ago um someone had sent me a message actually one of my dear listeners sent me a message mentioning that and she said I could share this story so I do this with her permission of course um that she had arranged to have a gathering of women to have like a little circle in her home and she had purchased um or at least had had and it was in planning to use a couple of tarot and oracle decks Um, for the circle and um, if you've ever attended my circle or been to a wild woman project circle um, or a circle in general i think we we often use oracle cards to kind of evoke a lesson evoke a teacher evoke some kind of inspiration towards the work that should be done um, during circle for that person right they choose an oracle card or a few oracle cards i often use two or three um, sometimes more depending on the emphasis of the, of the circle. And these help to kind of tune you in, right? It's like ha- helping to ignite your intuition. So she had pulled together um, these tools and she had set them on her dining room table and left on an errand um, and came back and they were gone and replaced with Bibles, Um, And she asked her husband about it and he said, yeah, I, I hid them and, you know, I don't like their images. It felt really dark. It felt really, you know, I'm basically coming from this place of misunderstanding what this work is about um, and what these Oracle cards represent and the work that can be done with them. He only saw them as kind of like this dark arts situation and it's no wonder that um, people who, especially if they're of Christian faith, um, uh, and especially really um, conservative Christian faiths, see witchcraft and see um, oracle cards as um, something of the devil, something of the the evil side of of the coin, and this is represented so many times right I mean let's be honest everyone knows the story of the witch trials which are being rebranded right now as a genocide of people to be honest it's very true there were men and women who practiced the craft and were purged um, from society in very aggressive and violent and terrifying ways and it's a really heavy thing to kind of these days when in in some communities still there is persecution happening um based on your religious beliefs your spiritual practices and then there's still you know images and workings in media exacerbating this um thought still today uh sabrina The Chilling Tales of Sabrina on Netflix, you know, is a tale about satanic witches, which, by the way, I've never met a satanic witch myself. Um, Well, I won't say that. I have met satanic witches. They're not what you would think. You know, Satan was an angel and he fell from heaven, having um, been uh, God's favorite, apparently. And so not a lot different than (laughs) Adam and Eve you know in this betrayal in my opinion but at any rate there's this sense that oh there's so much to say here I'm sure that um, those of you listening who know more about um, satanic satanic witchcraft please you know feel free to reach out it's not my focus I'm not focused on the the dark side so much as the light although I do see the light requires shadow work and we are as humans um containing both pieces within us as the spectrum right and i would say it's not even just dark and light not just black and white or gray shades of gray we are a rainbow we are a spectrum a kaleidoscope of beautiful color and to 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 kind of restrict that down and and distill that down into this black or white evil good situation is, in my opinion, a misfortune of our minds trying to categorize things and saying, well, if it's not this, then it's that. And so um, I know many Christian witches as well. I follow quite a few of them on Instagram and love to see um, their altars to Mother Mary and Jesus and seeing... The way that they have used witchcraft as a spiritual practice to enhance their Christianity, this is not uncommon, as you might think. But paganism, in general, is, in my definition of it, any any kind of spiritual practice that involves, you know, the lessons and teachings of the, you know, Mother Earth, um, and. And not having this monotheistic, like there is this God, it's probably a person, we've personified God, you know, as this father, right? There's this father, son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, what about the mother, the daughter, and the, you know, the Holy Spirit? And it's interesting to me, you know, in Catholicism, there's this prayer to Mother Mary, and Mother Mary is quite a central character. Well, in witchcraft, she is also a goddess and considered quite a high priestess she has you know reverence and people who um practice witchcraft that devote altars to her you know she happens to be on my altar mostly because the the altar candles of mother mary actually look like vaginas and I'm all for that I am all for that <laughs> if you notice too you know her head looks like, i mean like this may be completely you know you're here so here's what you're in for mother mary With her robes looks like the folds of the labia, her head, the clitoris, right? Her heart that is usually illuminated, just like the heart of Christ, is the opening of the vagina. And this feminine worship is no new thing. It's just been co-opted, right? And it's been turned very patriarchal. And I see um, the kind of misogynistic way that witchcraft as a feminine, wild, and wild crafted kind of spiritual practice which is what we're reclaiming in this time i think and re-educating and redefining witchcraft rich, witchcraft witchcraft is like this time we're like really looking at the imagery and saying you know here's here's the root of the root you know and here is how uh bridget became a saint you know she has a temple which the nuns um still keep a flame in that temple for her and there was a time when christianity had come in and it was illegal for them to keep this flame lit because it was seen as a pagan practice and that was since overturned right and now these nuns will will light the flame for bridget so devotions to goddess uh feminine uh deities quote unquote i don't necessarily use the word deities right i call them um well, hmm. I don't really call them anything. I call them goddesses. I call them the goddess energy, the feminine divine. You know, the personifications of different feminine divinity and their mythos is quite sacred to me. I love to learn different stories and then understand how their myths had kind of traveled around and become different kinds of ways that people came to know what the feminine meant, right? And we can go on and on. There's a really great podcast, actually, Pinecones and Moonstones, where they take science and witchcraft and kind of put it together, or science and paganism, rather. And there's, there's really great ways that they talk about um, different myths um, And on that podcast. I, I just really think that everyone needs to take a step back, because the re-education that I'm asking for and calling for is I'm not alone there are other witches doing this work um the witch wave podcast is a really great resource um pamela grossman hosts that podcast and i've learned a ton from her interviewing um, others and from her work in, in this way where she's looking at how to include all kinds of witches what does it look like to be inclusive and I would say that witchcraft is one of the positive forces right now looking to include everyone in the magic that is this earth that we're spinning through the universe on together on purpose and um, so the myths about witchcraft are just rampant the fact that we you know kill babies or sacrifice animals and yeah you know they're by the way People did that for their Christian gods. There were, there were all sorts of archaic kinds of ways that people um, sacrificed or gave um, homage to their gods. You know, the story of Abraham and his son, who he was going to kill. And then God, right at the last minute, was like, I believe you. You're into it. I'm not going to make you kill your son as a sacrifice you know these things are in the bible and i would say that witchcraft's um involvement in ritual killing is you know back in archaic times is no more than than all the ritual killings that happened with colonization as as christianity tried to spread its word and um and kill out the other kinds of practices spiritually that were happening on indigenous lands that they were taking over so what is the truth yeah I wrote this down in my show notes it's like what is the truth right it's as varied as any other spiritual belief in practice what is the truth of witchcraft well each witch has to decide that for themselves right each witch is practicing hopefully I would like to think from their own heart's wisdom I believe that our hearts are a key to uh, connecting uh, the ancestral wisdom to the divine wisdom and bridging that gap in today's modern world, bringing in all the ways that we can connect to each other in a world that is now so technologically connected that we can know and feel like we know people from very far away and and really understand that there's... Um, there's strength in the places where we overlap and there's and there's beauty where we disagree and that what's right for one person and their wisdom of their lived experience again this goes back to self-evidence you know we're all creating um, our minds and our actions through the experiences we have and if you've you know encountered which i asked on my instagram stories who'd encountered uh, prejudice against um you know them themselves um, from family or friends who found out that they practiced witchcraft it was 100 percent everyone who identified as a witch or even didn't has seen that and So this really prompted me to think about how do we go about redefining witchcraft and understanding that it's still a varied, right? It's just like any other group, quote unquote, of people. You can't, you can't say, Oh, everyone's like this. You cannot because it's simply not true. And the proof is everywhere. So for myself is where I speak from and I, you know, I really want to understand where these, these, these ideas came from and, you know, starting to look at even um, the, way that, the way that divination is, is looked at, right, and the way that I use tarot is not, conti- not explicitly divination, right, we are given free will, so even when you get a reading from me or any other tarot reader, your future is in your hands, And what you do with the energies that come to call and the lessons that come through suffering or pain or a challenge or adversity and the gifts that come through hard work or luck or privilege must all be honored, must all be welcomed into your life as, well, they're supposed to be there. And then what? Your response. The ability for you to respond is very, very, it's your sacred gift. It's your sacred divine right of free will. Right? And and so witchcraft is no different, I think. And and I think any witch would agree that the free will peace is central. And that's something that I think overlaps with Christian and other religious faiths who want to um, be in the world in a positive way. But then what does your actions look like? Are you, you know, something that comes to mind for me is um, love the sinner, hate the sin. Uh, and I've encountered this a couple of times um, as um, Christians who, you know, have said, oh, well, you know, I love them, but I, I don't like their, their politics or their, their practice you know, and and they still are praying for them because they do think that they will go to hell and all this stuff. And personally, I don't believe in hell. you know, the entire physical plane is dimensional and, you know, heaven and hell live here. Like that's not anywhere you go in the afterlife. It's just one big energy, in my opinion. Um, And I also don't have to know all the answers. I'm okay with the mystery of unknown. And I also know that I have friends who talk to dead people. I have friends who have had near death experiences. I have, um, you know, read the books of people who have seen the light, right? And who have accepted Jesus into their heart after having suffered and prayed to God. And I also, you know, listen to prayer channels sometimes. And I just, in my mind, replace that word God. For words that I feel akin to, because I think that a lot of these messages are universal when they're good. So, but what are the modern forms of sin, right? And I think they're energetic always. They've been energetic always. And we we sin upon each other. Um, you know, actually, and I mentioned this one in other podcasts, but the sin, the root of the word sin means missing the mark, right? So there's this misalignment with your life force. So if you're acting against life, right? Which means you killed something, you're acting against life. Which by the way, if we eat meat, I eat meat, you're doing that. That's considered against life. Now, you could also say that's part of the life cycle and I and I agree with that too. Right? This is this is the reason it's not black or white. It's a spectrum of color. Right? But at some point, your actions, my actions, you know, spill over onto the ability of others to thrive and and practice their own free will, their own sovereignty, and it disempowers others. So as a witch myself, I seek to empower others by way of only being as empowered myself as I can be, speaking my truth. And releasing attachment to the outcome of whatever anybody picks up from me. And that's a lot of work, by the way. It's really hard to see those you love misunderstand me. You know, it's really hard for me to see those I love misunderstand me. For those that I love to think that what I'm practicing is something um, evil and different than their practice. Um, and my mind goes to places of righteousness, they think they 're righteous, they think they're they 've got the goods, they think they 're the ones that are you know um graced by God, or maybe they think we 're all graced by God, which I hope they do because that 's I think true <laughs> but uh, you know but it 's like it 's like oh but they 've you know love the sinner, hate the sin, right we 're all sinners it 's like okay, we are all humans. And sin is a relationship that we have to our own divinity and our own free will. So, you know, what is, how is free will part of this discussion? In my opinion, it's everything. If you believe that God created us with free will, well, then that's the end of all those stories. And you, myself, my own practice is to, is to use these tools, astrology, tarot, to understand myself as much as possible, my own humanity, and to, to understand others as much as I can in their humanity. And to understand that each of us are being punished, quote unquote, or, or praised, quote unquote, by our own thoughts. So if you believe that you're constantly sinning, you know, I imagine that that's a terrible mindset to live within. And I've just decided not to do it. (laughs) You know, I don't shoot on myself. I make decisions best I can with what I have and I try and let it go. It's easier sometimes than others. And the other part of it is, you know, witchcraft, you know, it's just as ritualistic. If you go to a Catholic church and you see them eating the cracker, quote unquote, Jesus's flesh, and you see them drink the wine quote-unquote Jesus's blood I'm not sure that's any different than you know casting a spell at the new moon to make intentions for goals that's no different than prayer you know it's just different tools and a different vibe and I would maybe tend to do that more out back by the tree that I'm you know growing in my yard barefoot connecting to the earth than I would ever do stepping into a stone building Right? surrounded by my peers and putting my um, my spiritual practice on, on display in that way. And yet, I love to share the craft. I love to be in ceremony with others. And um, I think it's a beautiful thing when people share ceremony together to mark occasions and rites of passage, passage and to support each other in community. It's a beautiful thing. But when it starts to spill out into judgments about others, it's like, isn't that the actual point is to notice that is a sin of our human condition. Because I have free will, all of a sudden I get to judge others for their you know, their misdeeds, their shortcomings, their humanity. Right? And I have spent a large part of my life really trying mostly through I mean I'm a Virgo son I am really good at being judgmental and critical and discerning between what's quote-unquote good and bad I've spent a lot of my time um, doing just that mostly on myself right my self-criticisms have helped me to grow I think it's created a very critical mind and by the way my skeptical mind around whether or not God's a man who lives in the clouds and is granting wishes and prayers for others, you know, I'm sure that it, that serves a lot of people. My crazy beliefs in crystals being in my bra and giving the, like magic feathers in Dumbo is not much different. My belief is the important thing. Belief in something is is part of what humans do in order to allow Meaning to come forward in our lives, the tarot that you know my 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 listener, my dear listener, those oracle cards that her husband decided in in actuality come at, come to find out he recycled them he put them in the recycling bin to which her you know somehow she found the grace to it sounds like forgive him and imagine that those decks will fall into the hands of someone who really needs them at the recycling sorting center. And she just kind of decided that was the truth about that story. The power of story and what we tell ourselves is absolutely the most important thing in my, in my mind. And so that's why these myths about witchcraft being detrimental to the morality of our society making sure that, you know, they don't infiltrate or become too popular and all this modern witch stuff is really scary to some people. I beseech you. (laughs) We are practicing our faith and our, our energetic work. We are praying for the Amazon. We are praying for... The healing of this nation is ravaged by racial and misogynistic rhetoric. We are praying for doing ritual for casting spells for all of these things so that we can continue to spin through the universe on this planet in peace. And we have different tools. But when you look at your any other um, religious tools, the symbols that are used, the Seder plate, right? The flesh that you eat at service, the confessions made, right? No different than so many other ways to digest and to create um, forgiveness within our own hearts so that we can continue to do the good work of being a human who understands our relationship to everything is our relationship to everything. So, for you to say um, that I hate the sinner, hate the or love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, this self-reflectively to me, if I were to believe this, trying that thought on, you know, in my thought dressing room, makes me feel very disconnected. Because I can't disconnect my quote unquote sin, how I miss the mark, right, how I allow my anger to lead the drive sometimes, right, how I get frustrated with others when they um when they don't act in accordance with what I think is you know what should be happening when people try and over over control things when I see politics around you know abortion rights and Uh, women's rights and uh, indigenous people who are losing their lands and you know in my opinion most people who think they're christian um, or witches or whatever we're all capitalists (laughs) right like whatever spiritual practice you have you're actually also practicing capitalism consumerism and you know these are modern forms of vampirism and energetic sin in my opinion You know, if we're buying things that aren't in alignment with what, you know, I was just talking about how I ordered things on Amazon. If I were to go to confession this week, I would probably say that, and this is my confession, my podcast, (laughs) right? So, you know, no one's perfect, and we are all doing the best we can with what we have. I do truly believe that. But polarities, right, are real and we embody the whole divine, the whole energetic flow. And is there proof of demonic rich craft? Yeah, there is. Is there proof of demonic Christianity? Yeah, I believe there is, right? Are there mystical traditions in most religions? Yeah, there are. And the mystical traditions of most religions look to a philosophical way of engaging the body's energy centers and the body's vibrational power and use it for um, tuning, tuning into a divine presence. And I think that's pretty universal. I think that's pretty universal. So I wanted to um, share... You know, there are um there are witches rules, um, commandments, so to speak. <laughs> there's a few things. There's there's a few things that you can find on, you know, Instagram, you can find on um there's rules of life, there's goals of the witch, which I think is really lovely. Um, you know, witches witches home, rules of the house. Right. A lot of it has to do with taking responsibility for your the energy you bring into a space, by the way. But I really want to just tell you what I think. (laughs) This is my pod. Excuse me. This is my podcast. And I have I wrote down seven things that I think are pretty boil it down to. And. um, And then I'll you know yeah that's interesting so then the 13 goals of a witch that I'm looking at online 1. know thyself know yourself 2. know your craft 3. learn and grow 4. apply knowledge with wisdom 5. achieve balance 6. keep your words in good order 7. keep your thoughts in good order 8. celebrate life Nine, attune with the cycles of earth. Ten, breathe and eat correctly. Eleven, exercise the body. Twelve, excuse me, twelve, meditate. And thirteen, honor the goddess and God. Those are the goals of a witch. According to... um pinterest <laughs> this is on pinterest where is it from though it's just pinned looks like parchment paper i think this is pretty common though so here's here are my 7 right this is what i go by these are my creeds so to speak for being a witch One, everything is energy. Everything. My words, my thoughts, my deeds. Everything. My service. My habits. It's all energy. Two, do no harm. In a lot of witch traditions, this is the first creed. Do no harm. Three, all beings are sentient. Right? Everything has a sentience. And plants are no different. Animals are no different. Trees have a sentience. I remember back in the day when I first had words for this in my life, I was 19. And I come back from Scotland. I lived in Finhorn Foundation for about three months. And they talked to what they called the fairy devas of all the plants. And I loved this idea. I had never had words for it. I'd never recognized that that's what it felt like to be amongst the trees, recognizing that I was in communication and in relationship with the living, breathing uh, plants and animals around me through my senses, my energetic field. And to know that had a rich tradition blew my mind and blew me open. All beings are sentient. For as above, so below. You maybe have heard this. um, And even in Christian traditions, they have a sense of this, you know, as in the heavens shall it be on earth. I think is something of what it is. By the way, I've, if I haven't said this, like I've been to almost every kind of church. Every kind. I've been to even Mormon service. Um, through friends, uh, through family. Um, I have been to every kind of church. Not every kind. I've never been to synagogue. Although I did go to synagogue to learn Hebrew because I was convinced in my early 20s that I was going to re- um, (laughs) retranslate the Bible into something that made more sense because I was like King James, what the fuck? Um, as above, so below, you know, there's this, so to me, it, it, it ends up, you know, the Fibonacci sequence, right? It ends up being like, everything is contained within everything. The macrocosm is the microcosm, right? You take one little piece of DNA from me and you can see my entire system. It's not any different than anything else. All atoms are self-organizing and it's reverberating the energy. And that's why, you know, everything is energy. This is why the scientific world looks at something and says, when you watch something, you change it because you're already in relationship with it. You don't even have to do anything. Your energy of attention shifts things. You'll notice this mostly with your children. When you give them attention, their energy shifts. And sometimes that's great because they want your attention. And sometimes it's, it's interrupting, which is part of, you know, the Montessori method of teaching where you invite children to play and then you let them play. You let their own energy with whatever they're doing kind of be the magic. But as above, so below kind of expresses this, um, this really beautiful way that we know, um, that like, like things are reflecting us, right? You're, you know, we mirror each other in relationships. This is part of how we mirror, right? It's also why a lot of witches, it's like when my herb plants aren't doing well, it's like, oh shit, what am I doing? <laughs> because I see them as a mirror of myself. I see them as an extension of my energy. I've not been nurturing them. So they're not thriving. And lots of pieces of my life are seen this way. They're, li- they're, they're, you know, it's feedback. Right. So if I'm attracting a lot of negativity into my world, well, what am I putting out? You know, a lot of people, I think, tend to blame others for the negativity in their lives. But what kinds of ways are you reflecting that negativity and bringing it as above, so below? Right. And you can almost think of it as your head in the heart as above in the head. So below in the heart, you know, we can have dis-ease in our body because we think you know one of the th- if we think the world is a aggressive um evil place and the universe is trying to attack us and god is this spiteful judging god that's weighing all of our sins and you know well yeah it creates a lot of anxiety doesn't it for me i like to think that as above so below it's like the earth is a nurturing and beautiful amazing life-giving place to live It's self-organizing and self-cleaning, much like my body. And when we really, really start to feel that, it's like—I mean, I don't know for you, but for me, that just—it tears me up. (laughs) It gets me really, really goosebumpy. That's my reality, and that's my "as above, so below," and it brings me comfort. And by the way, if your faith and spirituality bring you comfort, then lovely. But do not ignore the feedback coming from the universe. Do not ignore what is coming into your life. Not to say that if you are of privilege, you've gotten everything. You're like, oh, I must be good. Look at all my privilege, right? Because I'm a white lady, so I get a lot of privilege just by being a white lady. I got, you know, chairs at tables that, that, you know, some people can't really get at it's my job then to reflect that and do as much as i can in my opinion to reflect my reality which is that we are all belonging here our voices all matter our experiences all matter and if i'm not aware of something i haven't learned it yet and i'm doing the best i can with what i have and i trust that the universe is giving me pieces along the way that i can pick up like breadcrumbs and keep going right? Sometimes you find a whole pile and you're like, I'm on the right way. I'm on the right path. So above, as above, so below. Five, the golden rule. (laughs) This was my father's favorite, my dad's favorite. He's like, that's all you need to know, right? He was not a religious man. (laughs) He thought that organized religion was um, corrupt. I think he still thinks that to some degree, although I think he also has, you know, become older and more Um, philosophically minded towards some pieces of religious thought and has gained as anyone who's learning from uh, people right who have spiritual faith but the golden rule is always what you know treat others as you would like to be treated done you don't want that to happen to you then don't do that to somebody else done right And this is where, this is where it's, you know, that, I I feel like that's just universal. Number six, free will. So again, like, how is free will part of this discussion? Free will is our divine right. If I was meant to have someone else's will control me, then it would. But I don't. (laughs) I have my will to control me. Now I have programming, I have a society to contend with, I have my family upbringing, my family of origin, all the the lessons I learned from them, you know, the ways in which we went about our lives and how we treated people, I have all of that, right? But I have free will, I get to act in the moment however I want because I have access to this body that I have complete control over. Now, maybe sometime, some people don't believe that, right? Everything's faded and we're not controlling anything, right? That's, a, that's an interesting belief, right? And in my sci-fi mind, sometimes I'm curious about the truth of that, the possibility of those things. But as far as I can tell, I have free will. And as far as I can feel, I want to protect anyone's free will. And yeah, that does mean that you don't get to go around shooting everyone with your guns, right? Because that imparts upon others free will. There are spaces where you have to define from from a standpoint of good for the greater good. But what happens within my own body, I have been given by the grace of the universe, by my sole divine purpose of being in this body. My own free will. It's mine. Lastly, seven, the law of three. Now, lest we forget, number two, do no harm, right? The law of three. And number one, everything is energy. These are three that kind of go together, especially in the witchcraft mind, in my mind. Now, when I cast a spell or when I do some ritual work or when I do altar work, right, I set intentions for what this work is meant to be. I light a candle. I do a prayer for lack of a better, you know, I do some intention work. I do breath work. I breathe. I maybe do some guided imagery within myself. I imagine what I'd like to happen. And I kind of try on different thoughts and I focus in on the desired outcome of something. Whatever I put out into this mind space, right, that energy, that everything is energy, three times will come back to me. So if I'm, you know, wishing ill will on somebody, I get this is where this um, interesting this the witches um, goals of a witch. It's like keep your thoughts in good order. Keep your words in good order. Right, your thoughts and your words are energy and they cast spells. So, having your words in good order means to continue working with the thoughts that your brain creates and making sure that you're in alignment, right, with the life force. Because if you put something out in there, it's going to come back to you three times. That's the law of three. So, I Hope that this exploration, this rambling—if you've made it all the way here, congratulations. This is a long one, and um, I hope that it helps. I hope that it makes sense. I know that some of you are um, what would be called baby witches, people who are um, just discovering their own craft, discovering their own spiritual practice, um, and some of you may not even call yourself a witch yet. But I really do hope that as you continue this practice, as you learn and intuit what your craft looks like for you, and as you build community in some of the ways in which um, you can practice this work with others, whether that be simple circle work, community um, volunteering work, anywhere you go, that you continue to be proud and vocal about what witchcraft to you actually means because it is our job as witches to educate by being, right? We don't need to tell people necessarily, but we need to be that. Show them what it looks like, you know, show them how human it looks and i think that that's important actually for any people on this planet is to to put your put your action where your where your words are and i'll leave you this with this one thing that always stuck with me when i was um in at evergreen state college i took a course on the diaspora and we part of the class was about the jewish diaspora Diaspora is, you know, the, the massive immigration or, or refugee state of a people. And the Jewish diaspora, um, you know, was a dark time in history, genocide, all of these things. There's definitely, I mean, there's definitely more, dias- you know, the Jewish people have been through um, culturally um, a lot of, of uh, persecution and it's still alive today, but the the thing that stuck with me, we had to read um, had to. We had the opportunity within this course to read the um the Old Testament according to a Jew, right? And it was a a huge book, and it went through chapter by chapter of the Old Testament and kind of translated it into layman's terms. And right now, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's a. I think it's probably a pretty seminal text in terms of of learning about that, at least from an outsider's perspective. If you're not part of the Jewish tradition, this is a, a great resource. And I remember reading, and I've said this quite a few times, their commandments, they have the same 10 commandments, right? They were handed down by Moses. And those commandments, though, are translated a little bit differently. And when... In their commandment structure, when they say, "Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain," it has nothing to do with saying, "Oh God," right it has nothing to do with saying God and using it as kind of like a quote unquote curse word right which by the way the the whole what is a curse, what is the origin of the word is very fascinating and i want to do a whole nother situation on that but you know using god you know thou shalt not take the lord's name in vain is not the commandment that that they that they translated as theirs is do not call yourself a person of faith a believer of god and act unaccordingly so it is to say that your actions and what it looks like to be a Christian, right? With all the teachings that Jesus actually proclaimed and you know, in his being. It's not even the words of his gospel, right? The the whole New Testament is all the gospels of Jesus' disciples, right? All the things that they said about him and his sayings. It's all hearsay. And if you look at the different gospels you'll notice the different personalities of each of these men who talked about jesus and and you know as very different right but what jesus actually did was wash the feet of the poor and hung out with people who were of you know a different kind of societal rank and the prostitutes right and i think this is pretty common used in witchcraft to kind of say like look you're not even but i get it it's a very difficult practice to scoop up the people that you don't understand it's really hard to even with you know even with all this knowing like it's hard for me to get through this entire podcast with not without like saying really shitty things about certain aspects of christianity that i don't agree with and yet i can understand how faith and christian faith And many other faiths, which are, just as I said, as varied as any other spiritual practice or belief, right? People take different things and run with them. It's like, I know that there's this connection between people who really want to see uh, the world be a place where everyone is included. And that's what I'm for. That's where I'm at. So I don't really care what gods you pray to or god or goddess I don't but I do care if you're in my circle and you show up and there's these misinformed kind of judgments that you will not look at and inspect because I've have done quite a bit of work of looking into the things that I don't understand and when someone tells me oh you know," You kind of got that wrong. My intention is to say, ooh, let me lean into that. And it wasn't always that way. I've been quite defensive in my, in my life, right? But it's definitely one of the things that I think um, my own personal practice, my spiritual practice, my eclectic kind of wild witch practice has taught me and I am so grateful for it and so to hear that it's still disparaged just goes to show how much work there is for re-education and reframing and redefining there is to do so with that I'll leave you and I really appreciate you staying the course and listening take care blessed be Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, please do me the honor of sharing, reviewing, and subscribing. It helps to share the work for other people to find this podcast that need this work. I'm so thankful that you're here. If you'd like to do a reading with me, go to paintedgoddess.com. That's P-A-I-N-T-E-D-G-O-D-D-E-S-S.com. And book there, or send me a message. I'm at Painted Goddess on Instagram, and I'm there sharing all of the things that I love to uh, talk about and that light me up. I also have a new class coming up, The Tarot Collective, beginning on September 30th, where I have an eight-week online course, content delivered to you every week, live Q&As every week where we can talk and discuss about the tarot where you will learn to find the basics of tarot and your own unique voice as a reader. I also have another beautiful offering coming up that I've just created called the Jupiter Year Ahead. Jupiter's moving into Capricorn in December and it's been in Sagittarius for a year I'm excited to do these readings because it's a look ahead at what Jupiter is coming to teach you to help you grow and expand and build a strong foundation for in the year of Capricorn. If you're interested in this reading, I have 36 spots only. This reading is one of the higher priced, but I'm going to discount it for a few weeks. So if you book before... October 31st, you will get a special discount. I want to fill my books with these readings and book everybody ahead of time so that I don't have to keep promoting it. So, if you're interested in this work, go to paintedgoddess.com/readings and you'll see all the information. That's paintedgoddess.com/readings, R-E-A-D-I-N-G-S, and you'll find all the information there. And just as a bonus. And as, a, uh, as they call it in the Kickstarter world, a reach goal. If I get 100 reviews by December 1st on this podcast, I will give away one of these Jupiter Year Ahead readings. So if you already booked with me, I'll refund your money. So do book ahead of time. But if I get to 100 reviews, then I will give away a reading. This reading is normally... Um, valued at $125. And I'm discounting it until October 31st at $97, which is a huge value anyways. But if I get 100 uh, reviews on this podcast, I will give one of those readings away to one of you dear listeners. Thank you so much. I hope that you are lovely and well, and I'll talk to you soon.